how are you find how are you finding things, Rebecca? Uh, you right? I mean, has life been okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been weird. Um, my husband actually had to go back to the UK uh, the day before lockdown happened here, um, and so he's he was stuck in the UK for eleven weeks. So oh that's been God. interesting. <laughs> Wow, uh, but we finally we finally got him back a couple of weeks ago, and we've been self isolating. And so yesterday was my first day back in the office. Oh my word! It's exciting times. It is exciting. Well, at least, at least I mean, you know, at least he had somewhere to stay, I guess. Yeah, that actually. In fact, we had put our house on the market two months before, but oh. fortunately, not had an offer, so <laughs> we quickly took it off the market. And uh, yeah. So, um, so who, I mean, in terms of your like animals, you were obviously in charge of the animals whilst your husband was away. <laughs> I was indeed. Yeah. Uh, they they were very much convinced that the wrong human was left in Verona. Oh dear. Well, that's not great. That's not very. That's not very great for them, is it? Really, when you're busting they, it, yes, bread they... on the table every day. Well, it wasn't the right food. It wasn't at the right time. I never wrong left the house. Yeah. And you un- yeah. unpack it. Do they do they eat biscuits or do they eat wet food? Uh, biscuits, yeah. Okay, so they can't complain about the sort of temperature or anything like that. Exactly. Although I'm sure they would. I have to, I have to admit that our our most problematic cat is the one called Monty, so Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you've just you've just got a massive round of applause from Silvana there. I think this was all staged actually. I don't know how you've been communicating but I'm about but I have to put take my hat off to both of you for keeping Sturm and just leaving me in the middle. Even a cat the name It's just unbelievable. Savannah's going to go off on a riff in a minute, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zencaster's going, going to collapse under the weight of nasty comments. Yeah. I mean, to be no, fair, no, she's no. pretty accurate most of the time. Most of the time when I get a bollocking, she's absolutely right. Okay, so should we, um, is, are we allowed to start, do you think, or not? Yeah, I think we can go. We're recording, so. Okay. I think we've got some great outtakes with uh, us discussing yeah. uh, how like my cat you are. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, we can. We, I'll, I'll just stick that one at the, at the bottom. There are eight questions. I'll just make that number nine. Poor old Jacob's just, you know, his, his whole plan has just been blown out of the water. There's two childish Brits hijacked. <laughs> Years of plan. British takeover. Right. Here we go. Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian wine people. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Dr. Rebecca Lawrence, who is an Italian wine ambassador and highly qualified. We won't go into all our qualifications, but we are going to talk today about the Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine. Rebecca, what is the Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine? Uh, Hi, Monty. Uh, Thank you for having me on the podcast. So the Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine is a kind of compact introduction to the world of Italian wine. Um, Myself and the other authors, along with Stevie Kim, our director, really wanted to take the complex world of Italian wine and put it into a kind of bite-sized chunk that would really help people understand it, make it more accessible for people at all levels. So um, first question is, how do you do that without sort of dumbing everything down too much? (laughs) 
with great difficulty. <laughs> um, and we were expressly told that uh, those of us in the authors who are particularly geeky needed to rein it in a little bit. No, no talk about specific soil types or microclimates. That, that'll come in the next book. Um, this one, we just really wanted to make it more interesting and exciting for people. So we've got added some fun illustrations and we've tried to make it into these like, small chunks. So a little bit about grape varieties, but more just about how they taste, where you can enjoy them, broad overviews of the region, and also some kind of fun facts and fun figures from Italian wine. We really didn't want to make this something that was dry and too complex. So obviously with multiple people, um, multiple authors, adding um, their thoughts and words to this particular project, how easy was it to, uh, to get that streamlined? Um, it had its moments. <laughs> As it's quite an interesting group of authors because I'm actually the only English native speaker. So we have Laika. Laika is our Filipina. Jacopo is our Italian. Uh, and he'd like me to say Ligurian, not Italian. And then we have Lan, who is from China. Uh, and we really, it was really interesting to work with such a diverse crowd because we're all coming to it from, from different cultural perspectives, but also from different writing styles. Uh, Lan is a primarily a business uh, MBA style. I'm much more kind of flowery and literary. Jacopo is very poetic and Italian and, and Laika is quite clear and direct. So I think for me, the biggest challenge was as the person, like I said, the native speaker who was bringing all to, together all of these voices was trying to make it sound like one voice whilst not losing the character of the other authors in, in the way the way I did that. So yeah, it was it was a long process, but I, I think we really achieved it. And I think that the different voices still come across in the book whilst making it an easy read overall. Now, listen, I know that you really love your education role. You love educating people. Um, why is that? Where does that, where does that desire um, and drive come from? Uh, well, I, I actually come from a, a line of educationalists. Uh, my One of my greatest role models was actually my father um, growing up. Uh, he still is, but he's, <laughs> he's now not educating. Um, but he was really powerfully into education when I was growing up and really distilled the importance of education, but also how fun it could be. Um, and that's really what drives me in education is that Get, trying to get across to people that education is fun and it can be really helpful. Um, it's the silver bullet, I think, um, to, to coin a phrase from Aaron Zorkin, uh, another big uh, hero of mine. Um, and for me, the, the great moment in education is when you're standing in front of a class of students and particularly in wine education, because wine can be seen as this really snobby, really difficult, really complex thing. And seeing that moment with a student where you've managed to take something that's really complex and put it into a way that they can understand and something that they can then take away and use in their life. That's what motivates me, like seeing that spark in a student when they, they make the connection between something, when they make the link, when they have that piece of understanding and realize what it means it's just it's brilliant it's so much fun and i really think i have a, a personal motto of this idea that unlike wine education should never be dry 
Uh, and that's really what I'm trying to do with my educating. And I really think that's what all of us try to do with the book, in fact, is to turn this very potentially dry topic into something that's fun and approachable and, and should be approached also with a little bit of humour. You should become a copywriter for an advertising agency. I love the line about wine and dry and all the rest of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what, were you in your previous career, were, were you an advertising executive? <laughs> I, I was not. <laughs> Yeah, it's a strange journey. Are you sure you want the story? Yeah, I want the strain. Give me the strain. Because I, I originally come from academia, uh, so I actually qualified uh, in architectural theory uh, and was trying really hard to get a fellowship to write a book. Um, but I qualified during uh, one of our recessions and there was just no funding available and my PhD was really niche. Uh, so I took a job working in food um, because I also love food. And it was through working with food and working with chefs that I realized that uh, many chefs have access to really good wine. And so I started to understand that this, this could be something that I could be interested in. Uh, and then my husband and I took a trip to Italy. And this is where we discovered really my love for wine. And shortly after we got back, I was made redundant. So I decided that that was the point. I was going to take the plunge and I started doing my wine, my WSET qualifications. I took the Italian Wine Ambassador course and realized that actually I could take my love of education and my love of wine and kind of slam them together and finally make a CV that might make some kind of sense. And hopefully I've achieved that. <laughs> well, you're not doing so badly. Any Listen, any favorite wine styles or regions? I mean, when you were tasting these wines with the chefs, um, obviously, probably a small selection of what you've encountered since then. You know, what are your faves? Well, as it happens, it was working with um, Italian chefs that really kind of opened my eyes to how complex wine could be and, and how broad it was, because obviously there are so many Italian grape varieties, so many regions, so many different styles. And then taking that and doing this trip with my husband through Italy for the first time, it was actually when we stopped in Montepulciano, so not too far away from you, that I really had uh, my eyes opened again to just how broad the styles can be, even in one region. Uh, obviously, Vino Nobile, Montalcino wines can be very different, dependent on producer and site, and and that was the the kickstarter for me. So, Montalcino and Montalcino wines are, are always going to have a very special place in my heart. So, when was that trip? I mean, that term sort of trip that you said was a change changed your life almost. Uh, that was twelve years ago now, I think. Okay, more or less. So what's... And unfortunately, my husband is still with me, so it didn't scar him too much that I decided to throw away my academic career and <laughs> go into this crazy world of wine. Yeah, funnily enough, it cut out there slightly. It said, uh, I don't know if it was, um, you're, unluckily I'm still with my husband, or luckily I'm still with my husband. We are, we're not going to delve in that. This is a really professional interview and not get into personal stuff. So what is next on your list in terms of uh, any more books or education uh, projects, what's coming up? Well, we are already working on the next Jumbo Shrimp Guide, which will be more of a deep dive into the northwest of Italy, uh, allowing us to be a little bit more geeky about what we discuss, just having a little bit more space in the book to talk about it. Um, in terms of education, 
Uh, I'm teaching with the Italian Wine Academy here in Verona. So we have WSET courses coming up, which I'm very excited about. But also I run the Italian Wine Education Program for Vinitaly International Academy. And it's been a great thing during this quite difficult period because it's an online program. So we've seen lots of people taking the opportunity to take the time and take their Italian Wine Ambassador status and convert it into education educator status. Uh, so we now have uh, Italian wine certified educators beginning to run courses around the world. So my next step with that is to continue improving the program, supporting our educators and getting as many people qualified all over the world to teach about Italian wine. Interesting. So you're educating the future educa educators. Yep, that's what I do. Okay, so um, the last question is probably the penultimate one because I'll probably send a zinger your way at some stages. The, oh yeah, finally, why did you call it Jumbo Shrimp? Is that a sort of play on, I don't know if we've mentioned the Gambero Rosso. Is that is that a put play on that or something? Or? Very well spotted. Very well spotted. Yes, um, it is a little bit of a play on the Gambero Rosso guide, but also... No, sorry to interrupt. What is a Gambero and what is Rosso? What do they mean? Okay, so a Gambero is a, is a prawn or a shrimp and Rosso is red, um, but this is also the name given to uh, a, a quite famous Italian wine guide that uh, gives the scores for Italian wines. Um, and they have this very famous award, the Tre Bicchieri, the Three Glasses, which is awarded to some of the best Italian wines. So it's a little bit of homage uh, to that, kind of aspiring to their greatness, but also um, this idea of the, the jumbo shrimp sort of taking a huge complex issue such as Italian wine and making it into this bite-sized package, this, this easily digestible fun package. Um, and of course, technically, you can't have a jumbo shrimp. It's actually an oxymoron. So it has these kind of three levels of, of meaning. I had a very uh, brief look at the book. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I really did. And uh, I just thought the, the, the register of the text was, was really, really, really well pitched if I was a student. I mean, it's so, it is so cool. And I've read books, as you know, we've shared the same books on, on courses we've been on together. Where it's, it's, it's like walking through mud sometimes. There's so much to get through. And some of the images in your book and just, and just how the text was laid out. I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a, a it's going to be a really, really good tool for, for students. So I want to say um, thank you very much to my guest today, Rebecca Lawrence, BA Honours, MSc, PhD, WSET Diploma, and an international um, Italian wine, sorry, Italian wine ambassador. That was a great interview, and I'd say thank you very much for coming along, and we wish you every success with this educational initiative. Thank you so much, Monty. No worries. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's a great interview. Yeah, really great. Yeah, I mean, if the writing yeah, doesn't you're, you're a pretty good speaker, so you've always got a backdrop in case the book thing just kind of grinds to a halt. <laughs> we shall see. I don't know. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin.
We've just put together a video for actually yesterday, and there's some fantastic outtakes of me swearing in Italian. So. Oh, honestly, no. So hopefully it won't be bleeped out. If it's, if it's, no, I hope not. I think they will cut them completely, but my, my mother was horrified. As long as, as long as your cats don't hear you swear, I think that's quite important. I know you're a cat lover. Of course not. I don't like any of you. <laughs> animals but in front of adults i think that's i think that's i think it's okay <laughs>